0: Good afternoon. How's everyone doing today? Good to see you. Great. Uh, I'm the spokesperson, Jeff Giordano, for uh, Jesse Menekal and his family. We have his mother and father here behind us. Jesse would like to uh, extend thanks to uh, all of his friends and family that stood behind him during this trying time, as well as law enforcement officers, not only throughout Dade County, but law enforcement officers throughout the state of Florida who stood with him by his side, during what we feel was an injustice that took place during this time. Why was this an injustice? The, uh, Jesse would like to do an extreme thank you to Catherine Rundle Fernandez and the Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office. The Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office has probably some of the finest investigators not only throughout the state of Florida but probably throughout the United States. They took each and every one of these allegations and investigated them to its fullest to the point where even one of the accusers back then was granted immunity. Now, you might ask yourself, what would be the reasoning and rationale behind giving an accuser immunity? Obviously, that accuser may have been involved in other criminal enterprises, and it would give an opportunity to bring her to the table. The same accuser, which case was eventually dropped by both the government and and the the, uh, local state, admitted to posting provocative pictures on the internet for sex with her, and she was a juvenile at the time, with her girlfriend that was an adult. There was no arrest that was ever made of her of her girlfriend who was contributing to the delinquency of a minor and also having sex with a minor. The other accusers, some of them, were all tied in to the 24th Avenue gang, a gang that was known for not only prostitution, but human trafficking. Jesse has several commendations. one of them, which was even taking down a human trafficking ring. It was actually one of the snitches he was working with that took down that human trafficking ring that came forward with two of these individuals from the gang making accusations against him. You might ask, if, if Jesse is proclaiming his innocence and his family is proclaiming his innocence, you might say, well, why did he take this plea? Why did he take this plea to bring us where we're at today? Well, this case so far has cost Jesse and his family hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend, to defend his name, to defend himself. These these charges, just so you know, are misdemeanor charges that he pleaded out to. Misdemeanors. In this current environment with law enforcement, you have over 100 officers that are killed throughout the United States to date this year. You have Antifa, you have defund the police movement that's even supported by some governmental officials. It is not the time for any officer to take any case to trial, even with insufficient and minimal evidence, which obviously the prosecution did not have enough evidence and they did not feel confident to take this case to trial. The Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office in 2015 came out with a closeout memo and concluded that there was not enough insufficient evidence to take these charges that would warrant criminal charges against him. The result would be insufficient evidence to get a prosecution on any of the car- charges on this case. Hold the- on, hold on. Uh, so they would not have any charges against them. Therefore, they re- referred the entire case back to the Hialeah Police Department for administrative purposes only. So the federal government, they made it clear, they made it clear to the family and Jesse that if it was one, one out of 12 jurors during this police environment that found him guilty, it cost the government over $10 million to prosecute this case, that they would take this case and try it again and again and again if it resulted in a mistrial, therefore leading Jesse and his family into, into bankruptcy. We want to thank the the judge, Kathleen Williams. We want to we want to thank the judge. We we want to thank we want to thank we want to thank the judges. The judge, Kathleen Williams. We We want to thank her for allowing Jesse the opportunity to be with his family for 60 days before he hands himself over to the authorities. Clearly, she knew and she sees that Jesse is not a threat to society. It's clear that after the closeout memo in 2015, that he remained on the street for four and a half years as a police officer. Clearly, he's not a threat to society. He got several commendations after that. So we want to thank the judge. We want to thank everyone for coming out today. And you know we, we, we want to thank Catherine Rundle Fernandez for a complete and thorough investigation that was impartial was she was very impartial during her investigation you know and the government you know they they pretty much had one cited and that was that going questions? after his guilt so, what about the victims so, so sir about i appreciate that. it if you respect me and i respect you but thank you to katherine rundle fernandez thank you to the judge for allowing him time with this the this family and we appreciate it thank you, you, you know, there you saw it, the press conference. We are also the spokesperson on the majority of our cases that are high profile. Well, we do want to give it to uh, the attorneys in this case, Ratson and Facidomo. They did a hell of a job in getting the plea deal. Uh, Marty, Francisco Marty, uh, you know now that you have uh, a second job, uh, you were a fortune teller, and we did ask you to predict the outcome of this. And you did say, 99%. He's going to take a plea deal. Frank, you're not an attorney now. You have a crystal ball. Now you're a gypsy. What do you foresee happening? Do you, you know, do you foresee him probably taking a plea on this and not risking life in prison or a maximum sentence? I do. And and I and I do. If I knew nothing about his case, if I knew nothing about his case, my answer would be the same. I do. Uh, why did he take this plea deal? We said it in the press conference. Uh, he was facing life in prison. The feds made it clear to Jesse and his family that if there was one juror that um, would say he was guilty if it resulted in a mistrial, they were going to take this case and try it over and over and over again, basically forcing him and his family into bankruptcy, which pretty much that's where they're at now. Uh, for officers out there that are, that are aggressively uh, in these high-profile units... Take a step back, just answer your calls for service. Look what they're doing to you out there. It's not to defund the police movement, it's the hate the police movement. So what if a jury were to find him guilty in this environment that we have out there of the hate the police movement? He would be facing life in prison. So when you ask yourself, why did he take this plea? These are not felony charges that he pleaded out to. These are misdemeanor civil rights violations that he pleaded to. Yes, they may sound derogatory. Yes, they make it sound like it's the end of the world, that he's such a bad guy, but you be the judge as we took you through several episodes. You heard from prostitutes, you heard from pimps, you heard from attorneys, and we also wanted to educate our public out there and young ladies how not to become a victim. That was part of this podcast. So if you're wondering where Sergeant Menacol is now, He's in the FCI Loretto Federal Correctional Institute, and it's located at 772 St. Joseph Street, Loretto, Pennsylvania, 15940. If you want to send him a letter, if you want to speak to him, there's also a couple websites out there. One of them is Justice for Menicol, F-O-R. If you want to go in and look at some of his accommodations, um, Sergeant Menicol, Was a decorative police sergeant, a family man, two beautiful children, a wife. The feds, once he was prosecuted and he took this plea, they sent him off to Pennsylvania. His father is uh, really ill, has a terminal illness. His kids that he took to baseball, football practice, basketball practice all the time are now wondering where daddy is at. Unfortunately, the family went to Pennsylvania on two separate occasions, cost them a few more thousand dollars, plane tickets, hotels, just to be turned down at the door because the facility was shut down with COVID. Why would they not keep him in Miami? It's not the children's fault of what Sergeant Manicol pleaded to, what he did or did not do. Why take the father away from the children? At least the kids should have the dignity the cedar father, which they would have been able to once a week, once a month, whatever it might take. So the ironic thing about this also is there were letters of support, as we mentioned in one of our episodes, from prominent individuals. He must have received 30, 40 letters of support. However, one of them was from a major from the Miami-Dade School Board police department one was from a mayor from a city and one was from a police chief of the city of west miami and i'm using his name because it's in one of the documents here so just imagine notice of filing a substitute letter comes now the defendant sergeant jesus Manical jr by and through his undersigned counsel and submits This substitute letter authorized by Carlos Avila under signed counsel was made aware through the author of the attached letter that agents from the FBI had directed him to retract his letter of support for the defendant because it had been submitted in error on City of West Miami letterhead attached. Please find. A replacement letter. Absent the city of West Miami letterhead and seal, council hereby retracts the previous letter and replaces it with the letter attached. Now, we're not going to read the letter. Talks all about good things, family, ma'am. No sense of getting into it. But just imagine if myself, being a private investigator, reached out, To one of the victims involved, or went to their work and made threats, or even expressed that they were former prostitutes and gang members, I would be arrested federally for interfering with a federal witness. But yet the FBI and their henchmen goes to each one of these individuals and threatens them with ethic violations if they did not redact these letters. The only one with balls was the West Miami police chief, Carlos Avila, who said, I'll take my title off of there if you want. I'll take the city of West Miami's name off the letterhead if you want. But here is my letter. In Miami, the Latin culture of America, we call it having cojones. So screw the other two people that didn't want to back them up and took the feds word that they were going to be hit with ethical violations. FBI, here is your plea deal. I don't want it to mess up my wine, but here, this is what you could do with your plea deal. Bala boom, bala bing. That's what I say to your plea deal. As we wrap up this episode, it's very hard to let go. When we're on these cases, we get so involved with the family, the emotions of the client, the emotions of the victim. To the respect of Susie Betancourt, which was a gang member and she was an individual that died during her making allegations. We believe that they threw her out of the vehicle, gang members only because she did not want to go along with, with their accusers, accusing Sergeant Menacol of rape charges. Jesse was trying to help her get off the streets. However, when he was hurting the bottom line of this gang, it's believed that they used her and when she didn't go along with the memo, she was thrown out of the vehicle. However, they couldn't prove it and they listed it as a suicide. Rest her soul, we'll never know the truth. Maybe the truth will come out one day. If you watch the press conference, the individual, that was yelling, that I had a little commotion with, or he had a little commotion with me. I later found out that that was her brother. So he has every right to be yelling not only at me, but to be mad and angry since maybe she was a victim of Sergeant Jesus Menekal. We may never know. His name is Gary Betancourt. He declined to be on our show because he did not want anything to do with me being part of the defense team, Sergeant Jesus Menacol, or the family. He felt he would be railroaded, but that's not the case. We wanted to keep this fair. We wanted you to be the judge. We wanted you to listen to what some of these witnesses, prostitutes, pimps, that were in the center and heart of these accusations, and you be the judge. As we move on to some of our ex, other cases, Gotham Investigations is the only one that you're going to see behind-the-scenes information. Stay tuned for our scorned woman of Miami, and stay tuned for the mitigation of Mark Sievers a book that we have just came out with of behind-the-scenes information of a cold-blooded killer, Murder for Hire, that killed his wife, a prominent holistic doctor from Bonita Springs, Teresa Seavers. Stay tuned for our next season and episodes of True Crime Investigations with Gotham Investigations. Are you a fan of our show? Do you like our show? Then comment, hit the like button and subscribe or you might be the next one we investigate.